This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello there, and welcome to Fishing Upstream. We appreciate you joining us today. I would love for all of you to go into the chat box and just let me know where you're from. I know Tammy would be interested in that as well, and Jamie as well. Uh, sorry, we had a, a little technical difficulty getting things started, so we apologize for the delay, but we want to jump in and get started and go to your, there we go, we got Texas and Palm Beach, Florida and Houston and New Jersey and Southern Maryland, ooh, beautiful area, Michigan, Colorado, Alabama, man, everywhere, Scottsdale, it was hot there yesterday, Charlestown, Pensacola, Florida, uh, Louisiana, man, we've got people from all over the place who are here today, and I just love that so much. Um, I want to start by asking a question, and uh, hello there, Travis. Thanks for getting promoted, and so we can see you and, and, uh, and talk to you. Um, so my question is, um, what does it mean to fish upstream? Like, we're having a webinar on fishing upstream for leads, and what does it mean to fish upstream? If you'll go to the chat box, I'd love for you to kind of post what you think is the meaning of fishing upstream. And Tammy and Jamie, if you want to chime in and, and, uh, and, and say what you think fishing upstream means, I'd love to hear. I, I think what fishing upstream means. So when I think about going fishing and um, typically in a stream, a flowing stream, all the fish are going one way. They're going with the stream. So you got the fish going down the stream, the stream, everybody's headed in the same direction. But when you're fishing upstream, you're going the opposite way. And, and there are certain fish out there that swim upstream. They swim against the flow. And so when we're fishing, when we're hunting and we're getting in the waters, with our people and getting in the waters of the market, we're going a little in a different direction than we have been used to going. Absolutely. And Chuck says doing what's hard and what others won't do. And I think he's right on your line. Now, we do have a fly fishing expert who has answered. And that's where you get the real answer to fishing upstream, because that's the way you fly fish. You fly fish upstream. And he says, when fly fishing, you cast above the fish and the stream will take your bait downstream toward the fish. Very interesting. Jamie, any, any thoughts or comments there? I think that when you go upstream, you need to be prepared to work. And I think sometimes we have to get out of our uh, comfort zone when we're going upstream. But man, I wish you also would have that fishing vest on today, Cleve. <laughs> yeah, you like that? You like <laughs> Boom, I got my back. I'm, I'm actually fishing upstream. So here's what I was thinking as we started to prepare for today's webinar that fishing upstream as it relates to lead generation and conversion is making your relationship with the prospect earlier in the process and then building a relationship with them as your bait flows downstream. And hopefully you'll be there when it's time for them to do business. And so that was the first thing that I thought about. The second thing that I thought about, and before I introduce our two amazing panelists, was this. At the end of today's webinar, 
in my opinion, you have three choices. As an attendee, you have three choices. Paul, you can reject what you hear on today's webinar and decide you don't want to do anything. That's choice number one. And a lot of people might make that choice. Number two would be you accept what you hear and you don't do anything with it. You accept it, you acknowledge it, you know it's true, but you don't make any changes to the way you're doing business. And that's choice number two. And then choice number three is to accept what we cover on today's webinar and to take steps immediately and put these things in practice. And so it's your choice. You can choose any of those three, but I suggest you choose the last of the three uh, because I have attended many, many things in my life and I have um, gotten a bunch of great ideas and learned a bunch of stuff that I already knew and didn't do anything about it. And so my choice is to make changes in my professional career as a result of what we hear today. I wanna to tell you about our two amazing panelists and thank you so much everybody for attending. We've got a big crowd on today and I love that. We've got Tammy Slay from Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. And Tammy is a, a broker owner of a team real estate brokerage. So the whole real estate brokerage is a, is a gigantic team. She has the coolest uh, company name out there. It's Hip Realty Group. And Tammy also has the distinct honor of being a workman client who then became a workman coach. And now she is a master coach. Uh, I have to tell you in full disclosure that Tammy is also my girlfriend and uh, I live in Atlanta and she lives in, in Texas. And so um, I learn as much from Tammy as I learn from anyone. And it is such a very exciting thing for me uh, to be able to have you on. Tammy, welcome. I appreciate you being here. Thank you, Cleve. I'm excited to be here and I appreciate the invitation. <laughs> Jamie is my neighbor and my friend. She and I live about 20 minutes apart uh, in North Atlanta. Uh, I know Jamie's husband as well, but I've known Jamie professionally for uh, seven or eight years, I would say, Jamie. I don't remember when we first met. And there are, there are two things that stand out to me when I think of Jamie, and that is she has a very systematic approach. And I'm not talking about in generating leads for you as real estate agents, but in generating leads for the business where she works and she's with Sync. And she has such a friendly demeanor. So I think you guys are very, all of you are very fortunate to have Tammy and Jamie here because they are going to really do a good job of helping you understand how you need to fish upstream. I'm having a little trouble with my PowerPoint today and hopefully I can get it to open. And if not, we will, uh, we'll do it without a PowerPoint. Hang on one second and forgive me. I'm going to share my screen real quickly. By the way, Jamie, anything you'd like to add? No, I think um, Tammy and Cleve, I've been able to watch both of your careers and um, everyone that's joining today. I always learn something on these calls too. So feel free to jump in and share. It's one of the uh, most valuable things that I can bring back to our business is by knowing what's going on in the market. So I know that we have tons of market experts out there and every market can be a little bit different, but we all can work in the same way. And so by learning from one another today, I'm excited. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. So let me share my screen. I see Tina right there in the middle of my screen. Hello, Tina. How are you? So let me pull this over so we can see it. I want you to, to get a statistic down, and I'm not going to put it in slide presentation mode. So sorry, you're going to see my other slides as well. But I want to um, I want to make sure you guys are aware of these numbers. And Jamie, you might even have more current numbers. But the last I heard 
there were 300 million leads, real estate leads, online real estate leads produced in the United States every year. 300 million. Now, Travis, I don't know about you, but 300 million is a lot, especially when you think about there's only 6 million closings every year, which means your average consumer is probably getting exposure to 20 or 30 or 50 real estate professionals in the process. And so my question for you, Travis, would be, and you don't have to answer the question, this is just rhetorical, is why would they decide to work with you? And the reason I think they would decide to work with you is because you would do a better job of following up. You would go in upstream and you would do a better job of creating that relationship as the stream took your bait downstream. And then you would be in the right place at the right time when it comes to converting a prospect. I want to move into real quickly a little bit of a discussion on generating leads. So we're going to talk about that just very, very quickly. I'd like to lead off with you if you if you can. You've got some great ways of generating leads. I'm going to unshare for a second so everybody can see you better. How do you and your team generate leads? I know you have three or four things that you do, and I am eager to hear all about those. Um, so first is our top 50. That's how we generate leads. So as a team, as a company, that's our number one pillar is our top 50 pillar. Second to that would be sync. And then third to that is we do a farm, which is a postcard campaign. And we work out of not just our database and not just those contacts that we have obtained over events, but specifically out of Red X. And as far as generating who we're gonna target in that postcard campaign, that would be our third. And then our fourth is a mix of events and under events is also our open houses. And Tammy, one of the things that you mentioned to me, um, and I, I, I don't think I heard this, was your creative postcards mm -hmm. that you've started using. Did you mention that? Did I miss it? Nope, I mentioned it. Oh, yeah, that's, our that's our postcards. <laughs> and so the way our postcards work is we create them out of Canva. Would you mind if I show them an example? Oh, not at all. That'd be great. Let me uh, pull this up there. There you go. There's one right there. So that is the front and it's very basic. Um, so this is the front of the postcard and, and we do create it out of Canva. It stays the same. The only thing that changes is that message, how much money is in your sheetrock. So we go through a series of questions and messages there, um, but the QR code stays the same and everything else in that postcard stays the same. We keep it very simple and not busy at all. And we want the postcard to be recognized every single time. Think of like a billboard or a car wrap. It works very similar where nothing changes on there. It stays the same, even the size and the texture of the paper. Um, but that QR code, where that goes, because part of generating leads is understanding how are the campaigns working and tracking how many people are engaging with it at the different levels. So when people click on that QR code, I'm able to tell how many people actually took their phones out and clicked on that QR code. The website that we give on our postcards is the same website to that QR code as well. So if they go to a website, they're going to get to the same place and it me measures that. And that's very important that we know that. But the people we're targeting are people that have 
reached out. So we use sync and um, commissioning and, and cleave. If I'm going too far detailed or way keep, out of like, keep on can, going, girl. This is me in. <laughs> if um, the people we target in that campaign over the um, time we've had sync, we have people that completely fill out the form for a seller estimate. And then we have these partial leads. We have a ton of partial leads for people that go in to our seller, seller estimate landing page, they put in their property address. And then when it gets to the point where they want, to, where it's asking for their name and their email, they back off. But Sync has already captured that property address for us. So I already know the homeowners that are interested, just curious in selling their home, but they didn't want to give me their contact information. So I still got to find a way. How am I going to go to those people rather than just sitting back? How am I going to get to them? And one of the ways we get to them is through this postcard campaign. Um, and then we work with Red X as well for geos and for, for sell by owners and so, for rent by owners. So let me ask you a couple of questions about that, Tammy. Uh, Tracy says, where do you get your list for sending your card? So answer number one is on the parcel partial fill outs on the sync seller landing page, but you're also taking uh, geographic areas and you're, you're pinpointing list uh, homes that have been lived in for a certain number of years. Tell us a little more about that. So our average turnover here is about seven years. So I want to know the homes and areas where we have experience with. And sorry, you're hearing my dog. Her name is Charlotte. She's very friendly, but somebody's walking across my <laughs> Down home right now. Um, <laughs> so um, in Red X, we pull the properties in communities that we have already have a presence in where the, those are communities where they're likely to see our logo, our signs in yards. They're already familiar with us. And we target the people that have been in those homes for a at least seven years or longer. And um, because they're going to be coming up on that time where they start questioning, should we or shouldn't we? Do yeah. we upgrade? Do we not? Do we change the kitchen? Do we not? Do we need to talk to a realtor? Will this get us resale value in the future? Those are all questions that people start churning in their head as styles change about that seven-year mark. And Tammy, I know you've gotten responses from your seller postcards. We do have a question, and the question is, what is the Sync S I N K, which I knew there would be some confusion around that around that seller landing page, and it's actually Sync C I N C, and it is the new name of Commission Inc., which is an online uh, CRM and high volume lead generation platform. Jamie works for Sync, and so she'll talk to a little bit to you a little bit about that moving forward. But it's a landing page that is associated with that particular service. And Tammy, you were getting responses. Uh, from your landing page and you were having trouble getting consumers to engage with you. And over the last couple of weeks, you changed your response and you connected, I think, with two or three, boom, 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 right in a, right in a row. What did you do differently? Um, so Texas is unique in, and I see a lot of Texas people on here, so they'll know this. Um, we're a non-disclosure state. So our sold data is not available to the public. So when people go in and they fill out that form, they are thinking they're going to get a value. 
like just an automated value. And they don't, they basically get a page that says someone will be in contact with you. And they don't understand that what it means by a non-disclosure state. So the initial response is they get a message that's sent to them through the SYNC database. And it lets them know that Texas is a non-disclosure state. And that's why they are not receiving that estimate of the property value they were looking for immediately. And that we would be in contact with them soon to ask more questions about the property to give them an accurate um, estimate. It's very similar in our messaging with our postcard is we're kind of staying with that same theme of the reason we can't give you an automated response is because Texas is a non-disclosure state. And, and we explain a little bit about what that means, but we just changed it immediately instead of calling them up later. And they're like, well, I wanted this. We send a soft message first. This is why you didn't get it because we know you're questioning why you didn't get it and someone will be in contact with you. Love it, love it, love it. And Tammy, thanks for being so transparent about the way your team is generating leads. If you have any questions you'd like Tammy to answer on creating that lead flow, post them in the chat box and I'll ask Tammy for sure. Jamie, how difficult is it to generate leads? Now, I'm not saying everybody needs to have a website like a sync website, but if someone did have a sync website, how difficult is it to start generating leads? And what would be about the approximate cost for a lead? And I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but oh, two, two no, very uh, important pieces. So I think every market is different, yeah. in the cost per lead. And I know that you guys are all experts in your market, uh, but what we found at sync, the average cost per lead for a buyer lead is anywhere from $4 to $12. And so you can make some assumptions based on median home price, how much search volume is in those markets mm -hmm. or what the cost per lead would be. But I also want, uh, in the summertime, I enjoy a good slice of pie, please. you enjoy pie? Um, uh, if, you, if you could see me, you would tell, yes, I enjoy pie. You can, if you so look think, at me, you can what, tell. What I, I think we pie. all do, and our sales team at Sync does this too, is we focus a lot on the leads. And when I think about pie, uh, one part of a pie is not great. You need to have the crust, you need mm. to have the filling, and you need to have the toppings. And so what I, what I challenge you to think, whether it's with Sync or any other provider, to be successful in your business, you need to have that crust, your database, you need to have the filling, the leads, and then you need to have the toppings, your consumer search site that's continuing to bring those uh, consumers back in. And so when you're thinking about leads, it's the three pieces. It's just not that lead. You can go find leads in a phone book. And so it's that... Uh, global approach that I, I challenge you to think about. Love it, love it, love it, love it. So generating leads is not the problem. If you have just a little bit of money, you can generate a ton of leads. Generating a good quality lead certainly is a problem. And when I say good quality, there's no bad leads or good leads. They're all good leads. It's just some of them are a long way away from doing a transaction. And some of them are very close to doing a transaction. And what you're trying to do is get into a relationship with them uh, so that you can, you, can, you can stay in contact with them as you move forward. Tammy, I want to talk to you about the process of getting people to let down their guard, getting people to let down the barrier. That's a concept that you're really pushing with your agents in that initial conversation. Uh, talk to me about what that looks like. So when you think about um, your leads and where you're generating your leads, there is um, a different communication style because you got to understand what's their level of trust with you. And when we think about our top 50, I speak to my top 50 very differently than I speak to my sync leads because my top 50 already know me. 
So when I'm calling them, the inflection and tone and everything is different. Um, when I'm calling these sync people, the number one thing I'm looking for is an invitation to be invited. It's like I have to earn the right to be invited into their home. So when I'm calling stranger leads, whether they came from Sync or Facebook or Zillow or any other platform like that, I have to remember one, they don't know me and I don't know them. Two, I may be, because I don't know them, I may be calling them at the wrong time. If I'm working with a dentist on my top 50, I know not to call him at two o'clock on a Wednesday. So I'm going to call him at seven o'clock on a Thursday. But when I call these people that I don't know, I don't know their schedule. So when they don't answer, I have to remember, hey, they didn't answer, but they may be a dentist. They may be at work. So I'm going to try a different time. And so it's really, truly understanding how do I let them get there? How do I work with them to get their guard down? It's one, I have to have the empathy up front to recognize I'm a stranger to them. They're a stranger to me. I don't know what their schedule's like. So I just keep trying and I just keep calling and we've changed up one phrase that's worked well for us. And this comes um, um, from Chris Voss. And that is, instead of asking, is now a good time? We ask, is now a bad time? So just changing the way we ask questions has allowed them to let their guard down a little bit more. And I have to attest that those no-oriented questions are very, very powerful. Tammy and I were talking about something, and she asked the question that would elicit a no, and it seemed very uncomfortable to me. I didn't really like that, but as I try that in my own business, it makes all the difference in the world. So if there was a takeaway from that, what I'm hearing is you're not judging whether or not they're interested in talking to you by whether or not they do, but when they do talk to you because you followed up, made the timing right, now the barrier, the guard is down, meaning now they're in a little bit of a relationship with you. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, it is. I still have more work to do because I want to get in their home. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. But I mean, that's how you're judging. Yes. Hey, first, I want them to let down the barrier. Then I want to get in the home. Yes. Um, and I love or or meet them at Starbucks or whatever that might look like. Now, Jamie, this might not be the right time to bring this in, but I'd like to anyway. Um, Sync is working on finding seller prospects in their buyer lead flow. Talk to us about that just a little bit, please. Yeah, so I think many of us always think about online leads as buyer leads. And so we have these massive buyer lead databases, but what we're finding is there's many sellers that are lurking in that, in that database as well. And so it's all about asking the right question. And so I think this is an interesting, so when individuals, buyers are coming in, uh, at Sync, we're always testing how we're asking if someone has a property that they currently own. And we went through, do you have a home to sell? Yes or no. Do you have a house to sell? Yes or no. Do you own a home? And what we've decided and found via data is when you ask, do you own a home? And the option is own or rent slash other. We're driving up the number of individuals that are saying, oh, I do own a home. And so, right, like very similar to what you just said, Tammy, removing that yes and no and giving two options it bubbles up more of the opportunity. So over 50% of the buyer leads that we're generating today, which are usually a lower cost per lead, are also sellers or own a home. Love that. And I heard somebody say within the last few weeks, and I don't remember who, but it says what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the seller or the buyer prospect to see them in their story. 
And kind of that's what you're talking about, because if you understand a little bit more about them and you follow up and you're asking something that resonates with them, then they might very well see you in their story. And I think that is very, very powerful. Tammy, your team um, uses a specific method for following up. And so I'm going to share my screen just a couple of times during this. My, my PowerPoint presentation is not working today, but it's okay. I've got it another place, so I'm going to pull it up from somewhere else. And would you talk to us about the way you and your team categorize leads? I'm going to pull this up so everybody can kind of write this down if they want to, but this is the system you use for categorizing leads. Yep. So we use the ABC system and very easy to remember. A leads are people we have appointments with. And so if I have an appointment in my Google Calendar that's been accepted, then it's an appointment. This is an A lead. And when if I no longer have an appointment, they're no longer an A lead. So it's very important to remember A's are always appointments. Um, B leads are people that are looking to buy or sell within the time frame of now and the next 90 days. So sometime within the next three months, they're looking to take action and buy or sell. And then C leads are our buyers or sellers that are a little bit further out. So they're over 90 days out from doing something. And we communicate differently with these leads depending upon what status or what, where they're at, if they're in A, B, or C, and our communication style is different. And I want everybody to think about that. If you have someone that is a B and you're following up with them as if they were a C, it doesn't, it doesn't connect. It doesn't resonate. If someone is a C looking to buy, Tracy, in sometime around a year, and you're following up with them, asking them if you can show them a specific property, it doesn't, your calls don't make any sense to them. And so it's no wonder that sometimes they don't follow up. Tammy, now, would, do you mind sharing the what you do for people less than 90 and then more than 90 days? So we follow for our B leads, it's called Specific Specific. And it is a, um, and we train on it, but it's very simple. And I encourage everybody to use this. Um, specific means specific property, specific feature. So if I were calling Chase and Chase was a, a B lead and he is a, B, a buyer lead, then when I call him, I'm going to ask him um, if he received the email that I just sent the day before and it was regarding the specific property at 123 Main Street and that it had um, a specific feature on it, like the pool in the backyard that I think he may be interested in. I'm available tomorrow at four o'clock. Is he available at that time? And we go see it together. Um, the beauty of this script, one is it allows us to boom, go ahead and set the appointment, but really it's letting them know that I am in the MLS. I know what's in the market. I'm really searching for them. These are people that are in a database that they're also in other realtors database. And how do I set myself apart? I don't just say, how can I help you? Is there anything you need? I'm actually taking the lead and putting the properties before them. Um, did I answer that on the specific? You, you specific? totally did. Uh, Tammy, I'm going to push back on one thing, though, because... Uh, I saw Chase's, the look on Chase's face when you called him a B, and I think he considers himself to be a hot. I'm not sure what's going on there, but that's what I saw on his well, face. I saw him lean forward. <laughs> he was ready to see the house. I love that. So 
less than 90 days, you're connecting with them on a specific property and a specific feature. I have heard some of your agents use that, and it is so very powerful when it is used correctly. Let's talk just a little bit, if we can, about C follow-up. So, um, sorry about that doorbell. I'm getting a flower delivery, and I think I know who it might be from. <laughs> oh, man, that's some good timing right there. That's some good time. Well, Tammy, if you need to step away for a second, I will talk to Jamie for just a second and then you can come back. No, no, I will get my flowers in a minute. All right. So the C leads are market general because these are people that are farther out. They're not as interested and we have not quite yet really honed in on that property avatar to know really what they're looking for. They're still trying to decide When's the best time they're working on their qualification and they got some other things they have to get together. So we're updating them on the market general activity, um, whether that's the interest rate or a new community that's about to start being developed in our area. But we're calling these further out buyers and sellers about market general information to keep them abreast of what's happening market wide. This also allows us time to ask them, would tomorrow at four o'clock be an okay time where I can really review this data with you a little bit more in detail? So we're keeping um, that ball and I use a lot of sports analogy in business, but sometimes I think we bench our leads. So we bench our customers and we just set them on the bench. And our job through this B and C lead scripts is to keep those balls in play, to keep our buyers and our sellers on the field, in play, in action, and we keep moving them down to that end zone. One of the things, Tammy, thank you so much for sharing. One of the things that I, I, I hear your team doing that is fascinating is that when they're making calls, whether it's an A or whether it is a, excuse me, a B or a C lead, they are, you, you in fact, you have uh, sessions every single week. And I think you call them value exchange. And so when you think about it, if you want somebody to let down their guard, if you want somebody to start communicating with you, then that creates more risk for them. So when I start communicating with Tammy or any of her agents, there is a chance that they're going to want to try to sell me a home or sell my home. And so I need something from them that encourages me to interact with them. And so just talk quickly about value exchange and how you are using it in your market. And Jamie, I see you like that. Jamie's got something she likes. She's writing it down too. I love that. <laughs> Okay, so let's think of an event, and we do a lot of events in our community, and someone comes to one of our events, and it's at a cookie shop, and we let them know, um, in order to get this ticket for a free cookie, we're asking you to register, and to register, we get your name, your property address, your email, your phone number. There are some people that are going to feel like one cookie is not significant enough for me to give you my personal cell number. There's a lot of people that feel one cookie is significant enough because you're going to buy one cookie for all four of my kids and they're going to be happy and we're going to sit down and they're going to give their personal information, their contact information in exchange for that value, which is that free cookie. So in real estate, when we're talking about um, these leads that we generate and we're asking for time to sit with them, 
that time because time is so valuable to go and sit down with them. I have to be bringing to their table something of such high value that they cannot find anywhere on their own in order to receive that exchange of their time and their attention with me. And so, Ryan, think about that. How often do you or members of your team, if you have one, call people and really what they're trying to do is just get involved in the process that that person is going to do with or without them? Meaning, hey, you're going to buy a home and, you know, I've looked at the price you're looking at and I've already figured out the commission. And so I need that amount of money. So if you don't mind, I'll work with you uh, and help you buy a home because and I know that sounds crazy to say, but that's what they hear. But when you start to really dig into what value am I exchanging and how am I making the risk they're going to take by giving me their information and interacting, how am I making it worth it? And if you change that one little way of thinking, I think it'll be very powerful for you and everybody on your team. Jamie, I'd like to switch over to you. We're going to bring up a couple of big words, and these words tend to scare everybody when we talk about it, and that's artificial intelligence. And I have artificial intelligence, meaning I have intelligence that I think exists, but sometimes it doesn't, doesn't exist. But that's not what we're talking about here. And there are so many ways to apply artificial intelligence in the lead conversion process. And talk to us about that. Yeah. So when we think about AI, artificial intelligence, bots, some of it's very scary. And then some of it's also very scary in that it's going to replace me as an agent, right? Like I I don't want technology to replace me. What I think, um, or how we think at Sync, and when you think about AI, it's how does AI scale you and your business? How does AI help you do more? Um, One of the things that we found is when AI is hopping in those conversations, so when Tammy needs to go pick up her flowers, when she's at an event, AI is in the background supporting her having the conversations with leads in her database. Okay, for those who are going, I don't know what Jamie is talking about. Let's be specific. So, and Dennis, sorry, I'm not picking on you. You laughed when I said that, but he might've been thinking the same thing. So, um, so you say when Tammy's away, what is that system doing for her and how does it know that it is supposed to do it? Yeah, so when one of Tammy's B or let's call it C leads is coming back to her website, searching the same property for, or looking at the same property for the third time, AI is sending a text message to that consumer saying, hey, I saw that you liked 123 Main Street again. And then it starts engaging. So as the consumer says, oh, this is a great property. I really like it. I love that it has a large backyard. Alex, Sync AI is starting that conversation and then driving it to agent ready to elevate Tammy to step in when the time is right to continue to be that market expert and focusing in on the why, not the what. And you mentioned, and I don't remember the percentage, but you mentioned in a prior call that um, when AI is turned on, there is a certain percentage of the people that become buyer ready. I forget what term you just used. Uh, 9% or become agent ready. So they want to have an appointment. I can't like carry on the conversation anymore with artificial intelligence. So when you think about a high volume lead generation, 9% is giving you that gold in your database. Love it. What a, what a great example. And I, I, I think, Tammy, did you have something you wanted to add? I was just saying, wow. I mean, when the average closing rate, you know, is one to 2% to hear that the AI preps 9%. So it's, it's us that take it um, down 
to one to two percent. <laughs> I love that. If you leave it to the humans, we 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 take it all the way down to one to two percent. If we get some help from some automated uh, artificial intelligence, then we can get our conversion rates up. Cleve, it's been funny because I think sometimes we uh, have limiting beliefs, and Alex, with no no heart and soul, is able to like challenge and have that conversation with leads, which is always like right, like when there's a messy family family situation. Alex is able to get those details. So as an agent, you already know what you're walking into. Absolutely. Tina, I see you've raised your hand. I would love to hear what you have to say. So I just transferred from Realvolve to Sync and, and I've we've got a little learning curve, growing pace kind of thing. We're still working through it, but we'll get through it. Um, but one of the things we started using AI and I was going through the conversations that AI was having and I was like, oh my gosh. They're having, how do they know? Real conversations. Real conversation, like it's real. I was like, this is something I did. Wow. So you have to read the AI because they just got a whole bunch of information for you. You would have never had. And, and to, you know, their AI is building rapport. That's scary. Building rapport while while you're away. Now, I'm not saying or implying that everybody needs to use Sync because it has AI. I'm not saying that at all. But you need to be thinking about how you could apply artificial intelligence in your business. And as a as an example, some of these high volume Legion websites give you access to see everything that a consumer is doing online. I know that's not artificial intelligence, but it's still something you're learning digitally that you're using to connect with them better. So if you're not using artificial intelligence, uh, you should start. We did an experiment about four years ago when I think artificial intelligence really didn't work or five, maybe it was even six years ago. And so we took every single one of our agents uh, databases, past clients, and we gave them a list of the 50 people most likely to move forward. Uh, those converted at a 12% rate. Wow. And we just ran them a list of 50. Yeah. <laughs> With no, we didn't, there was no artificial intelligence for me to use. And we just said, these are the ones that are most likely. And they followed up with those people regularly and a very high percentage of them were looking to move forward. Tammy, let's talk just real quickly. And we've only got about 19 minutes left. So I'm going to kind of move this thing on a little bit faster, but you need to be sensitive to how people perceive you in the market. And you, by the way, are way better than that, better at that than I am. But just talk briefly about the things that everybody on this webinar needs to be careful of in terms of online perception or anywhere. Actually, I say online, but it's anywhere. Yeah, and, and we all spend, I mean, if we were to look at our phone and see how much time you spend online, that's how much time other people are also spending online. So a lot of it is online. Um, when we're talking about fishing upstream, one is to be aware um, that there are these leads out there, and I call them in the black hole because I can't even find them. Um, but um, there's leads that we don't even know we had the chance to work with. They eliminated us before we were ever even aware that they eliminated us. And these are leads, and I'm going to use Facebook as an example. Um, when on Facebook, and think of your own activity, if you really want to know how the consumers work, just pay attention to how you work. That's how they work. Um, but when someone is looking to move, I'm going to use, say, from 
Washington to Texas and they're coming into the Dallas market and they join a Facebook group in the Dallas market. Maybe they're part of a cyclist group or a homeschool group and they come and they join this Facebook group of these other cyclists and they post in that group, I move into the Dallas area and we're looking for a realtor that works specifically in Frisco, Texas. Does anybody know one? All the cyclists in there start tagging their own realtor that they love. And then if any of the cyclists are realtors, they're tagging themselves and saying, well, I work in Frisco, I work in Frisco. And so this person moving from Washington goes and starts clicking on the tags. Most consumers don't tag your business page. They, they don't go and tag your Remax page or your Keller Williams page. They're tagging you because that's who their relationship with is you, the human. And this person from Washington starts to click on all those links and they go to your personal page and they learn about you. They have, that's their first impression. You didn't get a chance to decide what that first impression is because you've already put it out there, whatever it is. And what they see is what they were, what they're exposed to assist them in their decision to whether call you or self-eliminate you. Or call somebody else. Tammy, I got, I got a call from somebody last week. And it's somebody I've done speaking engagements for for the last four or five years. And the question was, hey, it looks like you're not doing real estate anymore. You're just doing your radio show and coaching. Tell me what's up. Well, that's not true. But if you go to my LinkedIn page, I can see why she would have thought that. And so I need to go through and I suggest everybody on here, you need to do a social media audit and you need to look at it as one step removed and look at your social media and see what would I think of me if I was not me. Uh, I love that. How do you find the training center? Uh, Letitia, will, you, will somebody make a note? Um, Megan, will you make a note for uh, Letitia Taylor? And will you ask somebody to reach out to from our client supports, client services, and let them walk her through that? I want to make sure you get all the attention you need. Thank you very much for that. <clears throat> now, Jamie, you mentioned that people should be using their database as a data bank in terms of searching Talk to me about that concept. Yeah, and so I think your, your database and as you're going to the data bank, the analogy, I love analogies, is we're going to all be Yosemite Sam. I'm not going to try to impersonate him because my accent would be awful, but Yosemite Sam is that prospector from the Looney Tune days where he's like always trying to find gold and giving Bugs Bunny a hard time. But when you're thinking about finding gold in your database, um, you need to have the right tools and you need to be ready to work. And so when you have the right tools, your database is allowing you to sort it's allowing you to find last login. Those are those first people you should be reaching out to. And then you wanna look for any reminder set. A lot of us probably have overdue reminders. Yes. And um, those save search, so the property alerts that are bringing back. And so you have the, the tools and then be ready to work and you've gotta pick up the phone to still call. So we're, we're going gold mining, but it's gonna take some time, but we can do it. And Tammy, your team is using that technology, and I think you use uh, the words, uh, take the property to the people, I think is what you said. And so tell everybody what you're doing. So we have, and, and as all of you also have in your inbox, you're starting to get all these emails from builders. 
And these builders are letting you know about properties that may or may not be on the MLS, but these properties are coming through. And some of them are coming through with closing cost assistance and bonuses and now washer and dryers and fridge and blinds included and discount interest rate and maybe even a bonus in there. And so these are properties that are offering something additional than what is just typical offering of, of sellers on the MLS. So we take that property and we run it through our database to highlight and determine the specifics of this property, three bed, you know, two bath in a certain geofarm area. We run it through there to see which buyers may be interested in that property. Who do we have in our database that qualify for that home? And then we spark up a conversation with them. And it doesn't have, all the qualifications don't really have to be there. Someone may be looking for a four bed, three bath, but we came across a three bed with study and three bath. Um, but we wanna really take the property to the people and see if they're interested in that property. That's the fishing upstream rather than the way we've kind of gotten used to it over the, these last couple of years. Amazing, amazing, amazing. When you look at data, the more you can understand about a prospect, the more closely your communication will land with them. And so if you look at it as, hey, Dennis, I'm trying to make them see me in their story, then the more data you have, the more data points you have on a prospect, the better it is for you. I want to talk just quickly, and by the way, that specific, specific and market general follow-up plan, including the scripts, I believe Tammy has offered that as a free giveaway. So if you stay on until the end, you'll get an opportunity to get that. Also, Jamie, you mentioned average bot lead, uh, cost of lead buyers, $4 to $12. I believe you've got a full study that breaks down all of the major areas, major cities in the U.S., and it breaks down their lead cost. Is that correct? It, it absolutely is correct. So when we think about um, in quarter ones, we have, we're still finalizing the quarter two report. Our top three markets of the lowest cost per lead were St. Louis, Tampa, and Houston, and all of those were less than $4. So when we talk about individuals have slowed down how much they're searching, but we're still seeing markets uh, where individuals are searching, driving up lower cost per lead. But it's just not about those Google buyer leads and seller leads. You need to have the multi-touch approach when it comes to lead generation. So when you're thinking about buyer leads, Facebook, retargeting, branding, so your lead generation set studies need to be comprehensive. And yes, we have that information. I'm so excited to share. And 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 we, you just need to be a little more scientific about it. You need to treat it like it's a business. And I'm not being I'm not talking negatively about everybody on the webinar or anybody on the webinar. But we need to look at our lead generation and conversion process as a business would look at. Hey, I'm taking all these parts and I'm manufacturing a car. They understand everything that's happening through the process, and we need to understand the same. Now, Tammy, you have come up with or you use on your team a specific process where you ask your agents, excuse me, ask, ask themselves five questions every time they pull up a prospect in your sync database. Cover those real quickly. Um, so this is a process called double looping and um, within Workman. Um, we call it hula hooping in our office. So if you listen to one of our agents talk about hula hooping, it's actually double looping. Uh, so why is it called double looping? 
is because you're double, you're looping through that lead two times. So you're looping back since they came in over the last week and then you're looping one month back to make sure that you are covering all the bases and you're not losing any information. And these five questions, um, when you really start putting it into practice, into flow, it just becomes your natural rhythm of when you get a lead, you make sure that you're entering them in the database and you're, you're putting in these five things and you're just in that flow. And then when you're pulling up the lead, you're looking at these five things and you're always staying up to date with your leads. Because I mean, it takes a lot of cost and energy just to obtain one lead, even if it's your top 50, even if you're not working with a robust system like Sync, you can still do this same process out of a, a lead tracker or a simple spreadsheet. And you can do it through setting people up on e-alerts through your listing service. So the questions are, and Jamie, can you imagine if every single person in the sync world would ask themselves these questions, it would be a beautiful thing. Number one, is the prospect categorized correctly? Are they categorized as an ABC or in some systems, hot nurture watch, whatever it is. Number two, is the prospect receiving phone calls, text messages, and emails, and is all communication logged into the CRM? In most cases, that is a big fat no. And if you can get people, if you can get your and you can get people to actually put all your communication in the CRM, you are in way better shape. This is something that Jamie mentioned earlier. Does the prospect have an upcoming to-do item and no outstanding to-do items? I don't think, Jamie, you referred to them as to-do items. What do you call them in the sync world? Reminders. Reminders. So it, in your case, it would say upcoming reminders and no outstanding reminders. Then is the prospect set up on an e-alert? That is, are they receiving listings in some automated fashion uh, per their preferred criteria. And then the last one, and Jamie and Tammy have both mentioned this, and it's very important. Has the prospect recently <clears throat> had any online activity that should be followed up on? Have they looked at the same property from three different locations? Have they looked at the same property every day for the last week? These are such powerful, powerful questions. I'd like you, uh, if you will, to go to the chat box. And, and by the way, Tony's asking, can we get a copy of the PowerPoint? And yes, I'll make sure. Um, Megan, if I'll send you the link or you have the link to the to the presentation, make sure you send it out to everybody. It would be uh, it would be good. And so so uh, I want you to go to the chat box and I want you to talk about what is your biggest CRM challenge? What is your biggest CRM challenge? Now, Jamie, you have asked me not to talk about a subject, but I'm going to talk about it anyway, because I think it's very, very important. And I'm sorry to sort of override um, your your request there. But so you have a new service and it's called Home Pulse. And let me let me see if I can show a picture and don't worry about Home Pulse. Don't worry about sync. Worry about this process. Do I have this in place? There are other vendors out there who have this type of service. And so if we just look at it, I'm going to go to this slide right here. And your Home Pulse product is designed to do what for people? So you know they're a homeowner and you're sending them information on their specific home. How does this work? Yeah, so when individuals are coming in as homeowners or buyer leads that say they have an address, we're enrolling them in a product that's called Home Pulse. And Home Pulse is designed to continue to nurture that relationship and elevate the real estate agent as the market expert. So if you look at these images, what there's probably close to eight to 10 different calls to action. CTAs is what I call them in marketing world. And what we're doing is letting the homeowner know that there's a lot of different things that are going on in their neighborhood, their market, and then 
wanting them to raise their hand and get delivered to you as an agent. What we're seeing is when individuals are on these reports, that 20% of the viewers of the Home Pulse report are raising their hand. So Tammy, now you've got the 9% of the Sync AI leads and now you've got Home Pulse driving you 20%. It's all about hand raisers right now. And so when we're moving upstream, we're, we're trying to get more hand risers and then we wanna make sure our notifications are on. So what I'm seeing at Sync is individuals are raising their hand and as agents, we're also missing out on those opportunities because our notifications aren't set up. So we're missing the handwriter. So that, I think that's a, an important takeaway. Whatever system you're using, make sure you have the right notifications on and you're not missing business. Now's not the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's a very valuable service. And even if you only have access to your listing service, local listing service, you could do this same thing. It wouldn't be as sophisticated, but you could <clears throat> go in and set them up, you know, geographically draw around their neighborhood and send them all status changes for that neighborhood. I don't know about you, Randy, but if I was getting that kind of information, it was coming to me on my home. I would actually open that up and look at it. Uh, I heard somebody say the other day, hey, if you're one of those nosy neighbors and every time you drive past a sign, you want to know all the details and see the inside pictures, well, you can just keep on driving because I will have already sent that to you through my automated system if that's something you're interested in. So I don't know if that, that helps anybody or not. Let me, um, real quickly, we did have some questions about CRMs uh, and we've got... Um, Getting agents to update the CRMs, uh, I suggest whipping or some type of torture. If you if you no. stretch them, it no. <laughs> so the whole thing is when it comes to getting lead follow up, it is what do they plan to do at the beginning of the week? Uh, Tammy is a planner extraordinaire. She's got thirty years from now planned out, and at the beginning of every week, she gets her agents to plan out their week. Now, Tracy, does that mean they follow that? No, but they come much more closely to following it because they have a schedule than they would have otherwise. Uh, I'll, I've got a comment here: finding one that does everything I want it to do. Um, Joy, I, I don't, I'm going to give you a very specific answer. You need to get over that because there is no such thing as a CRM that does everything you want it to do. You need, and I'm, Joy's going to be like, I'm not going back to him. He's just mean when he answers questions. But you just have to get one that does as much as you can, as much as you need it to, and you need to move forward with it. Uh, setting up the auto emails, that just takes time. And, and I, when we used to set up action plans or smart drips or whatever they're called in your system, I used to do that at night by myself. I'd start with a spreadsheet that had everything outlined and I'd put it all into my data, put it all into my database. So, you know, everybody's got problems with their CRM. I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago, and this is a person who uh, who works to live, not lives to work. Does everybody understand what I mean by that? So this lady works to have fun. She loves to horseback riding and she went to a road horseback in the Galapagos and she's been into Portugal and Spain and all over the place riding her horses. And she said, I cannot enjoy myself when I'm away because I worry too much about what needs to be done and what I've left undone at home. And over the last three years, Tracy, she has buckled down and really made her business subject to, that's a big word, subject to her CRM. And so now when she goes away for a week, she can come back that Monday and she knows that everything she was supposed to do while she's gone 
will be there waiting on her when she returns. So she knows she's not dropping the ball. So really getting into your CRM and, and using it the way it's supposed to be used is not a fun thing. And for most of us, we're salespeople. Dennis, we're rocking and rolling. Want to be the life of the party. I don't want to sit down. I'm not a bookkeeper. I'm not, a, I'm not an accountant. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not even a detailed person. You don't even want me to fill out your contracts. I'm not even half paying attention when I fill out a contract. And I hate to say that. But if you don't keep up with your CRM and if you don't treat that as the most important part of your business, I think in the end that you will probably wish you had. So let me talk about Tammy. Thank you so much for being here today. You have been a wealth of knowledge and information. Jamie, saying to you, I don't know how I got so lucky to be able to do one of these with uh, two such fine guests. We have some free downloads for you and pretty much everything you heard that you might want to see copies of. You, we have it here available for you. You can either go to workmansuccess.com forward slash fishing upstream, or you can just scan the QR code and we've got the, the cadence and time of the cadence and purpose of the follow-up. So you've got the specific specific in the market general. You've got the double looping program that Tammy mentioned. You've got the categorization of leads, the ABCs. You also have samples of all three, I believe, Megan, of Tammy's postcards that she's sending out to tell seller clients. And Tammy, I would assume as long as somebody's not in Frisco, you're happy for them to take your idea and run with it, right? Oh, they could take my postcard with my image on it, even in Frisco. Oh, mail oh, it they, anybody. Oh, good. Okay, I'm sorry. So you can mail it out exactly the way it is anywhere in the country. Okay, that is so generous of you, Tammy. I know everybody appreciates that. You also have two different um, reports on the cost of lead generation, one on the seller side and one on the buyer side. And that is some great information. And you get all of it, no obligation, no nothing. Go to workmansuccess.com forward slash fishing upstream or click on the QR code. I thank each and every one of you for attending today. And I'm hoping that you got just one little nugget that you can use to move your business forward. Remember, you have three choices. You can reject what you heard today. You can accept what you heard today as the truth and do nothing about it. Or you can accept it as the truth and immediately move forward making changes in your business. The choice is yours. If it were me, I would choose number three. Thanks for being with us today. And we'll see you next month on the Workman webinar. Take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.